Hey everyone, I'm Jordan from New St. Andrews College. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our upcoming prospective student weekends. We have one on March 2nd and 3rd, and another from April 13th to 16th. To learn more and to register your visit, check us out online at nsa.edu. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. to what have you i'm rachel jenkins i'm becca merkel and this is what have you (laughs) oh don't worry this week's episode will not be all about our plastic recyclables we're what she's already in the non-sequitur so i don't know what you're talking about 10 cans back we've covered 10 cans i'm saying we're not gonna cover the plastics that was so far in my past that i didn't even remember so we're not covering that that again no no guys stay out of it and so we're moving on so what have you been doing except for i have to (laughs) i have to quickly say you might be wrong because (laughs) (laughs) because today it happened it's a Sunday afternoon, guys. It's bleak. It's January. It's brown. There's nothing, like, gorgeous right now, weather-wise or landscape-wise. So, of course, they speak for what yourself. happens? <laughs> <laughs> Other than Rachel, there's nothing beautiful. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. But the gardening bug hit hard. It hit, like... It came like a, a thunderbolt today as I was cooking lunch. I was like, oh no, guys, I have to plant seeds. I have to start seeds. I have to plant my garden. Oh no. It was like a real big thing that happened. And um, the point that I am making right now is that bring, this brings us to plastic water bottles. <laughs> and that your your technique. I thought you were going to tell everyone about back. what you did with the hyacinth bulb. Well, that too, because because the gardening bug hit me hard. As soon as as soon as lunch was over, I have had this bag of hyacinth bulbs that I didn't get planted in the fall, and it's been really nagging at me. So I was like, it's kind of in a thaw right now. It's not frozen out. The ground is soft. So I was like, I need to just go get those hyacinth bulbs in the ground and probably they'll bloom. I don't know, but maybe. More likely than in the basement. Yeah, definitely more likely than that. So anyway, I went galloping out and had Ben come out and dig me a little quick trench. And I flung a bunch of hyacinth bulbs in the ground and then I came back in. Well, I found out from this escapade... That hyacinth bulbs, like, cause wild skin reactions. <laughs> I touched my neck and my face, and it was horrible. Horrible. Like, I was having this terrible neck attack. <laughs> From, From the touching bulbs. the hyacinth bulbs. And so I Googled it, and sure enough, yeah, like, where... Wear gloves, guys, when handling <laughs> hyacinth bulbs. So, like, oh, my word. butternut squash has a um, thing in the enzyme of the of the peel. It has an enzyme in the peel oh, yeah. that was released that when you, you peel it. Yeah. Well, the first time that I... Well, I didn't feel like it was the first time, but the first time I really noticed this problem, I peeled a couple butternut squash for a dinner that I was making. And... So you're handling the squash where you've peeled it because it's yeah. a big awkward thing, you know. But so it kind of stains you yellow. And... But weirdly, it feels like you have like a starchy thing on your hand, yeah. like a glue on your hand. Mm-hmm. And I kept washing my. But this one time, I don't know if these were especially hot butternut squash <laughs> or what, but my hand was just flaming orange, like it was just like oh. orange. And so I kept thinking that I had something that needed to get washed off yeah until i realized i'm like that is my skin like my skin is orange and it was and it cracked oh no and then it it was like it's like if you had painted elmer's glue on your hand but it was a like a derma peel because it was bright orange and then it started flaking off like little bits of my skin so then that made me research 
and it, and it actually helped me to, to discover the problem with my other allergy, which, so it said people who are allergic to that enzyme, it's also found in mango peels, which okay. is funny because... Oh, I remember in high remember? school, your whole head first turned time bright I, red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was not so much my whole head, but a large section around my mouth because Yeah, you looked I, like Ronald McDonald. Because, because... <laughs> Because I we I cut the mango and you know where you score it. So mm-hmm. when I ate it off of the peel, yeah, apparently it got peel enzyme all over my face, yeah. which also toasted the skin on my face, and then that sloughed and off. And then she became Ronald McDonald. And so then, but then I could never figure out how am I allergic to mangoes because I can eat mangoes and it doesn't bother me, and I I would just like not really put them Was on it my the skin. I just assumed for years I had a skin allergy to mango because I could still eat them without it bothering me. Yeah. Like, and that maybe it was just, if I rubbed a piece of mango on my face, it would turn red, <laughs> but, but it wasn't, I think it's the peel. So, but weird. now since then I found well, lots of people have their skin turn orange like and fall off after butternut squash. Rub a hyacinth bulb on your face. Yeah. I was like, we've got like an alternative medicine derma peel <laughs> plan going on. No, and I don't even know. Like I must've just like put my whole hand on my neck for a second because my entire neck was like a horrible. I was having like this weird itch attack. It was not good. It was like stinging, itching, awful. And then up the side of my face by my ear, like so. I probably did what? one swath. You, down re- it. you remember that I'm so I'm allergic to sunscreen, or I was allergic to some components that, yeah. of sunscreen, mm-hmm. which we found out when I was little because. Mom put sunscreen on me when we were at the lake, and I turned bright red. So she put more sunscreen on me, <laughs> and I'd be like bright red and brighter red. And then the and assessment, then she, the assessment was that how are you still getting go? <laughs> how are you still getting sunburned with all this sunscreen on you? Squash on her just to check. Well, then there was a time in high school I spent the night at someone's house, and my face felt really dry. Probably you know like different water or whatever and, mm-hmm. and I used some of my friend's moisturizer <laughs> I woke up with it was like one of those gift bags that you blow dry to tighten up <laughs> you my face my face is just <laughs> like shrink wrapped overnight with this really gift basket. Yes, you do. The ones that you can buy a gift bag and then you bl- you put it over like a gift basket and you blow dry it, shrink wraps it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that effect from a moisturizer. And all of all of this leads me to oh my word. All of this leads me to share with you that at times like Valentine's Day or Christmas or whenever they have these gift baskets yeah. of doodads everywhere of mm-hmm. bath bombs and scrubs and yeah. Almond, Salt. almond paradise body scrubber. <laughs> any of these things. My husband is always telling me, "Ooh, I'm gonna buy you one of those ration of baskets." <laughs> because it's pretty certain if I used any of that, I would be the ration of basket. <laughs> Which is so funny because you always had that side and I didn't until today. With the hyacinth bulb extravaganza. Well, at least since you had that today, it allowed us to just oh, bring up word. all of our various ailments. It's a good thing that we had that time. <laughs> but the thing is, back to the water bottle. I talked about this last year. I remember oh, speaking I know. of it last it. year. You've told us before. And I remember speaking about it somewhat obscurely. And people saying, what? And maybe like, I feel really oh, yeah. clear on what you spoke about. Oh, yeah. About. Mm-hmm. I need to have a picture of that. So maybe I'll... You- conjure up get around to it but I'm having this big attack of like I need to plant tons of herbs and I want to get a whole bunch more different varieties of herbs on my garden and I'm going to need to start like I don't know Mm -hmm. half an acre worth of chives so out on our property I really am I need like a solid acre of rhubarb Yes. We need like, yes. why do people think that one or two rhubarb no. will do it? No, it's not enough. It will I not. have a bunch of rhubarb um, in my garden, but when I say a bunch, I mean three. And that's not enough. It's not enough. There's uh-uh. rhubarb, rhubarb is no. something that needs to be farmed. Not exactly. Not, and I found no. a bunch in my freezer. And it's kind of touchy. It's a weird thing because I don't think it's that easy to grow, but it 
grows like it grows like a weed. It grows like a weed when right it's happy. Place. When yeah. it and then it grows for like a hundred years in the yeah. place where it's happy. Yeah. But it but it is hard Did to you get know, going. Though I this year and I was really pleased about this, I froze it. Like I would just go out and whack off a few leaves and chop it and throw it in the freezer. Not the leaves. Well, not the leaves, but I just I whack felt off like we needed to clarify. Leaves. You said I whack off the leaves and chop well, it. Yeah, and then you Becca throw likes away to the poison leaves. everyone. I like to bring <laughs> out a little leaves. bit of toxic and <laughs> we're building up our endurance. <laughs> don't eat rhubarb leaves. Yeah, they're guys. toxic. Don't yeah, do it. don't do it. Just eat the stems. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would chop them up and throw them in the freezer, and that actually was really nice because I had. You know, frozen rhubarb in the winter, <laughs> then, and I felt like. And then after and I did then, that, I had frozen rhubarb. <laughs> it it's like, just the brightness of it a was happy like weather my magic trick. Yeah, but it's like a happy weather taste. Like rhubarb yeah. is so bright yeah. and cheerful and wonderful. Yeah, and I made it for a wedding that I had to take one a time. Rub- or I had to take a cobbler too, and so I made yeah. a rhubarb. I was like, "Hey, one I time have rhubarb in there." One time I did a um, a pork roast. I think it was Jamie Oliver. It was a pork roast that was on rhubarb stalks. What? Really? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was interesting. It was different. I hmm. remember thinking that there was room for improvement, like that <laughs> that. Did it, but I feel like there was maybe some brown sugar and like pancetta on top of the pork roast, like so. Then you end up with this cooked rhubarb, but in a savory application instead of a sweet one. That's totally interesting. It was actually good though. I mean, hmm. yeah, that reminds me that was today a long time ago I made I a cauliflower, a roasted cauliflower, as a side for our lunch. That was stupidly good. It was like one of those ones. That takes you into places where you're like, actually, I didn't know rhubarb could be this delicious, but lots of paprika. <laughs> I think you're talking about cauliflower. What did I say? Rhubarb? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. still in the rhubarb. Paprika you're and rhubarb. Using them interchangeably. <laughs> Guys. They're basically the same. If you want to try <laughs> roasted rhubarb with paprika, be my guest, but let's pretend I didn't recommend oh, it. I bet that that... <laughs> But I bet that that was flour. No, it was so good. And Parmesan. So you know what throws me off? Where did you find this recipe? I don't know. But it was salt, pepper, garlic, olive oil, paprika. Was it roasted whole? In florets. In florets. And then you do like um, Parmesan on it and roast it a little bit more. Oh, my word. It was so so good. So the thing... That's funny. I love... Well, (laughs) we shouldn't talk about cauliflower and rhubarb close together because <laughs> you know there we are now we've, recommended now we've done that. it maybe we could try it maybe there's a thing there i don't think so i think it would a be... smoothie a paprika rhubarb that smoothie. would be a gross combination <laughs> it doesn't sound good to me something about it do you remember when roasting ominous. whole heads of garlic came into vogue <laughs> I do. And it's I delicious. Do. It is delicious. So how did that come into vogue and then go back out? I don't know. Isn't that weird how that happened? Do you want to speak of something that came into vogue? This is something we were talking about. As we were preparing lunch today, in fact, as I was chopping my cauliflower, we remembered, Ben and I remembered how when we were younger, people would say things like, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> <laughs> and our kids were like... You said what? <laughs> and we don't were like, have the cow. It's we totally like, rad. Have you not heard the phrase Never? don't have a cow? And they were like, what is a cow? What do you mean? <laughs> I thought you were still talking about food trends. Luke always no, refers. this was a straight up linguistic trend. Yeah, Luke always refers to sun-dried tomatoes as the child star of the 90s. <laughs> And then it's like, and then after that, we got to Chipotle chilies, where it was always like, we're always having a Chipotle sauce. I feel like that was more like 2007 by the time that we was got later. To but Chipotle's. what we did, sun dried tomatoes was all the rage, and and pesto. But it was at the same time as we were all like finding out that there were pine nuts. Like well, like before then, yeah. you didn't know these things were not. I mean, pine we live in a small were town. Like the ultimate exotic food group. <laughs> goat cheese and we're all like goats make cheese <laughs> pines make nuts <laughs> what 
This is crazy out there. Oh my word! Things got crazy. Gosh. Yeah. Anyways, that that is funny. I always wonder what are the things that we're going to find out. Yeah. Later. One of my favorite. So because I do crafty things and and uh, in cooking too, it doesn't really matter what because you you do things. I periodically get really tickled by thinking of will my kids be like you know when mom was in that phase where she was like the back in the toll painted <laughs> yeah, angel phase yes, with like, spanish moss yes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like remember when mom was making those those puffy chintz baskets <laughs> or those like, styrofoam wreaths with the calico squares poked into it yeah but like but like what is it that my kids or you know like when they're like yeah. you know in our basket weaving phase when yeah, mom, when mom was day. still into making baskets, and it's yeah. so funny to see your life from someone else's it's vantage true. point. It's true. You know her. When, oh my word! When roasting veggies was all the rage for mom. <laughs> the the thing that you said about cauliflower, though. Not the rhubarb, guys. The yeah, cauliflower. I bought a while ago. I bought the cookbook, The Essentials of Italian Cuisine, by Marcella Hazan. Okay. Because. It had come to my attention that Marcella Hazan is like the Italian Julia Child. Like, there's okay. like, she's the one who. One you should be aware of? Well, not, yeah, I should be aware of her, but also she was like the one who, who did the work of compiling the Italian cuisine and recipes and okay. how things were done. You know, she sure. was an expert. So yeah. I just got that cookbook and, was, and read through it. It's a big fat one, and Is it good? but the the real thing that I couldn't get over, and I have not done it, I have not made this these dishes yet, but like cauliflower is what reminded me of it. Is it is cooked so much more than we would ever think to cook a cauliflower. Like these recipes are like boiling a cauliflower for like an hour Whoa. in a pot with salted water. Then slicing it and putting it in a baking dish with like wow. cream and butter and cheese and breadcrumbs. And no doubt it would be tasty at oh. the end of that, but I'm just not sure I can get on board with that much processing of a cauliflower. <laughs> like when you can eat it raw, That's do fine. we need to see it through into a gratin? Or... I don't know. It probably goes to a sort of gelatinous substance. It's interesting. I I'm, I'm, should do it sometime because there was a lot of vegetables that you think you knew how to cook, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. these recipes were not nearly as okay straightforward. We had in our garden last year these Italian beans that the seeds were given to us by our favorite winemaker, Gino, down mm-hmm. in, in Walla Walla. But he had gotten the, the seeds from Italy, I think. And I can't remember what they're called, but it starts with a B. And bachicha. I think they're bachicha beans. Anyway, so we grew them, and you shell, well, you eat them like normal beans, but he was saying just, like, steam them, then put tons of olive oil on it. He was like, more olive oil than you think you ought to put on, and then save the olive oil from the beans, and use that to make a salad dressing or something. Mm. Unbelievable. Like, that was Mm. so good, and the beans were amazing. Like, they were really good, but that the olive oil that you kind of like toss it all in and then you save the olive oil that sort of runs off mm. of those bachicha beans. It was, was wow. the thing. It was good. It was really good. I believe you. And it just makes you realize, you know, there's those, those little, I don't know. There's more than one way, Rach. More than one. I know. I think that's the thing that struck me is I hadn't thought of the ways of preparing cauliflower Really running the gamut from eating it raw to like a four hour preparation. I feel like cauliflower is just a little bit too hip at the moment with all the cauliflower rice recipes everywhere. No. I just, I I feel dubious about most of them. Every time we have yellow or purple cauliflower, I buy it up on the principle of the thing. When I go to Winko and there's yellow or purple. I like, I like. So this is where I reveal that I've never once seen a purple cauliflower <laughs> in Winco. Like, is that because yeah, you everyone, got there first and bought I it guess all? so, but every <laughs> once in a while they bring in the rainbow cauliflowers and yeah. I buy them up. But no, I don't really care that cauliflower is popular right now. Because. I just feel like people are doing things with it that are just No, not, did you see that? Wasn't it, is it Salisbury in, in England that was getting made fun of for because they were selling the cauliflower steak. 
we're trying to make like an entree version <laughs> of, for vegetarians, but they were packaging in like shrink wrapped things a, a thick slice of cauliflower as though oh. it was a steak. But I like cauliflower. Did rice. you see that? Okay, there was a thing that people were posting about jackfruit. Have you seen jackfruit? I don't think so. It claims to be a perfect uh, imitation of pulled pork. No. Yes, it does. And I just, part of me is so disgusted. <laughs> so where and do part you of purchase me wants a to jackfruit? It, they can be huge. They're like a watermelon. And it said if you buy them right. That is and not not cool. only Not only that, it says that when, they're, when you look at a whole big jackfruit that's like the size of watermelon, it smells of decay. So, oh. so doesn't that sound like a promising start? But if you, if you, but um, the, that's that if one. If you get it ripe, it's like goopy, gross inside. It looks really gross. But it said the inside, when it's ripe, it's sweet. But if it's unripe, you can sh- kind of cut it into sort of shreds and cook it like a meat substitute. And they said you can't tell the difference between that and pulled pork. And part of me wanted to be like, wanna bet? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the one that you say is something known as a... There is a fruit that I can't remember the name of it, but it starts with the... Um, with a jack? Yeah. It, no, <laughs> not the jack with a D of some kind. That That is like nasty. Nasty smelling. This, I have to say, the pan full of it with barbecue sauce on it looked like pulled pork. Well, I looked... I see. I just Googled it to see a picture, and it does say there's today.com. It's a healthy and sustainable vegan meat replacement. It's horrid. Isn't that horrid? Uh, I just horrid. I might be interested though. I might have to know. I might have to. A big jumbo wadge of. Where in Moscow will sell us a jackfruit so that we can find out? Smell like decay, but push past that. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know you want to. It'll be amazing. That's interesting. It's okay. kind of like when you add fish sauce to something. It, so- it smells so Fish ominous. sauce. The thing I can't get over with fish sauce is it does add a lot to recipes. Yeah, it it's, does. It's great. But it mommy. smells disgusting. The part that I can't deal with fish sauce is that you, there's no way of opening the bottle without getting it on your hands. Because at least my fish sauces have always struggled to stay closed or seal yeah. correctly. That's so, odd that you say that because mine always has a broken lid on yeah, the Yeah, so I'm always like... You have to touch the lid more than I want to touch mm-hmm. the lid. And then, and then having touched it, you've embedded the smells, fish smell yeah. on your fingers, which you don't want on your fingers. I made smoked salmon souffles for dinner the other night. Guess what? It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was not at all a good idea. Well, it was... <laughs> so and everyone was like, ooh, this looks fun. And we all took a bite and we're like, mmm. <laughs> ooh, mom. And, mm. Yeah, it's like, wow. And you then, did and that, then, mom. <laughs> and Judah, poor thing, he was off doing a weightlifting thing and, and so he wasn't there at dinner and we had saved it for him. And of course, <laughs> oh, an a, souffle, a souffle is never it's something not known that, for its no, staying for its quality. power. <laughs> next day he was like hey mom what was that (laughs) (laughs) what was that dinner last night I was like yeah that was gross and he was like "Mm, yeah (laughs) oh boy whoops it I was mean, not one of my successes, guys. Food it 50, was like it was not good. drew me in again, and I made uh, lemon butter noodles from Food Fifty Two. Butter noodles. Lemon butter noodles. Is it, it just a noodle with lemon and butter? Yeah, exactly that. Although I did feel like it was one of those ones that was like, I bet I should have this up my sleeve. You know, like okay. if this is because you what you do is melt some butter in a pan, and then you crunch up angel hair pasta. And oh, throw it in the these butter. These are not homemade noodles. No. Okay. Throw it in the... No, this is a speedy-weedy way to make a noodle. <laughs> you throw angel hair pasta into the butter. Yeah. And then hot chicken stock. Like... Okay. And then you cover it and let it simmer and it cooks the noodles in okay. the butter and chicken broth. Right. And then... That sounds delicious And so then far. you squeeze fresh lemons into it. 
Okay. And pepper. Oh, you put pepper in it before it boils. And that's it. But they were really good. It's like a noodle cooked like risotto. Okay. Like, because it cooks in it and it's starchy and it's like, so yeah. it makes its own, it thickens the sauce. Yeah. So Sounds it was, really good. it was, uh, but it's like done in 10 minutes. Uh-huh. It's like from, from zero to hot noodle situation in 10 minutes <laughs> is something that I felt like I needed to be able to do. So yeah, I tried great. it. It was worth doing. That's great. Also, I think it cost like 42 cents. Maybe. Well. Generously speaking. Let me. Cheap. Let me steer everyone away from the souffles. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually really like a souffle. Especially with a nice, like, the right kind of salad and a souffle. Like, that's just a really nice yeah. dinner. And I was like, oh, the kids would love souffles. I haven't done that really for the kids. Like, I'll sometimes do it for Ben and I if it's just the two of us for dinner. But the addition of smoked salmon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just I lend like... it too much of an earthy well, note. <laughs> And then I noticed that the recipe that I was using, which I had never used before, was for a freezable souffle. <laughs> so that should tell you already that something's amiss. Something's gone wrong. Something is amiss. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of cream cheese in it. And then, so it was sort of like, oh, dear, dear. And so you've got cream basically like cheese. a smoked salmon dip in an egg bake. <laughs> All it you was needed was a crudite to, to get you through that. <laughs> it was not good. So we needed to talk about Riot and the Dance. Yes, guys. That's what Riot we meant to dance. talk about. Yeah. This is a very fun project that lots of people we are related know to and, and know have been involved in. And it's releasing in theaters nationwide on the 19th, right? Yes. So in March, like 600. March 19th. We yeah, should March. specify that. In like, um, what is it? Like 600 theaters. So there might not be one. 700 it, something. Whatever. It's, you have to search if it's near you. But the exciting thing about it is it's a nature. How do they describe it? It's, it's a, a documentary doc. about nature, but from a perspective of creation. Yeah. So... What their goal was, and it's really fun. So our uncle Gordon is the, what is he? The star of the show, sort of. He's, he's the, the man who is. He's talking. the David Attenborough. Yeah, except yeah, for he's, that he's the, not. Except for that, he's the Gordon. <laughs> and I have, I have to say about Uncle Gordon that I remember as a child, like I have fond memories of holding his snakes, like big snakes. He had pet snakes. Yeah. Pegasus rattling her ice cubes uh-huh. in here. Um, Just a little diet, Dr. Yeah. Pepper, guys. <laughs> yeah, so he had... I remember holding his snakes. What did he have, like, rubber boas or um, yeah. He always stuff. had snakes, yeah. So when I was little, I remember the feeling of holding the snake and having the snake go up your sleeve and, yeah. like, come down your back, uh-huh. the back of your shirt. I remember that. I remember this. And at some point... I lost my enthusiasm. <laughs> like, I look... I, it's one of these really weird, like, out-of-body things where I remember thinking that was super cool, but I no longer would want to have anything to do with it. Like, I remember yeah. it as a cool move, but I would not want that now. No. All the same, Uncle Garden has always been really that way. Very well, into nature, into oh, yeah. everything. Just all about it. And so... This is super fun. So our brother's been involved in it. They filmed all around. Our cousin did a lot of filming. Cousin did a lot of the, yeah. Gordon's son Dane filmed a lot of it. It's it's really beautiful. It actually is really beautiful. Like yeah, the footage it's, is. Beautiful. It's so fun and lovely. And it's fun because like with when you watch Planet Earth, we or have something to say with your we kids, have to agree that we've seen it. Yeah, we've we've seen it even yeah. though it's not released yet. Yeah, but I just mean like when, like we would watch Planet Earth with our kids the whole time you're like did you hear what he said kids did He's you hear how that you. was stupid that this was, was not, not chance that made this happen did you hear how silly that was do you think that's true no we don't think that's true so <laughs> and so it's really They're fun like, did you notice the pernicious lies <laughs> while we were watching and which is such a bummer when it comes from the perspective of watching the glory of creation yeah. and like like the things that happen in creation or some like when we were watching is it frozen planet 
somewhere uh-huh. you I just felt like that tragic. poor polar tragic. bear you just think all nature is groaning you know what yeah. I mean like everything is groaning under the weight of sin because yeah. it was so sad and it's off happening in the boonies where yeah. no one sees right. it you know right. except for Cam Robin to be there to see the poor mangled polar bear yeah That's I'm sorry heater. about my heater guys so we, we need to fix it but we haven't yet but we don't care that much it's so, cold um, yeah. No, but the thing is that's really fun is to have a creation documentary or a nature documentary where you don't have to do that. You don't yeah, have to and, be like, and hey. And you should say that their intention, and this is what we loved, is that they were they were just like, you know, we're not interested in arguing with evolution. We're going to just assume, assume creation. creation. We know creation, and then we're just going to glory in the creator while we look at creation mm-hmm. instead of acting like, this thing disproves this part of evolution. Well, it's like that's I, that's a not. I'm not trying to say I that's think, a thing they shouldn't do no, ever. It's but just not. oftentimes Christians spend so much time playing defense that they never go play they offense. They don't go get on the offense, and, and and this is actually something that's a slogan in my life a lot of the times. So I'm like, I'm not fighting for the defense. I'm fighting for the offense. Like, like it's not about trying to defend the mm-hmm. faith just all the assume, time. Just assume, assume the truth of it and yes. and just move from there. And then you know? go forth. And sometimes Christians who are really, really discouraged all the time are discouraged because they're spending all their time on trying to be the defense when they were called to the offense. Like, but this is kind of a version of remember years ago. I remember us laughing and Nate saying he wants to have a museum somewhere where all the public school like field trips have to tell their students like, don't read the signs don't read, don't the, read signs. the signs they're guys. full of lies you because can't that's see what this. christians are always doing that we always we go to every museum We're like the fossil is neat what they're saying <laughs> otherwise is a big fat lie <laughs> we we spend all our time like just qualifying everything and it's like why don't christians wasn't do it, something wasn't it nate who had rory and the was it in the smithsonian that where Rory oh, got yeah. the giggles super hard and just couldn't even get a grip on himself, which is very funny because Rory is not. It was. It just added something to the thing that uh, that it was him. Yeah, that it was Rory, but he was just dying because it it was some big cube of fossil. Like they had a huge, like yeah. it was a large pile of fossil. <laughs> yeah, that included like the bones from. A bunch of animals that were not supposed to have all lived at the same time. So they're right. like all in one little solid brick of fossil. And then they had um, their little plaque on it that explained how this came to pass. <laughs> was like that there was a watering hole. And that there was a severe drought. And so animals came from a long way away to the watering hole where they died of thirst or they died. Over multiple no, but they generations. Died. And then like several <laughs> thousand years later, a whole nother wave of animals came and died at the same watering hole. And then the next wave died at the watering hole for like millions of years. Like they said that this, this watering hole was just collecting carcasses for millions of years. And that was how all all which, of the bones which, ended up there together. Which is also In a awesome jumble. Because, because, <laughs> because they had to have died over millions of years. The other part that's so good about that, though, is that let's say a squirrel dies in your backyard. It doesn't become a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that's like, one thing that no, doesn't do. It takes yeah. a particular kind of event to situation. create a fossil. A, a fossil and, is a situational when, phenomenon. When the robin goes down, it doesn't <laughs> fossilize. <laughs> And they're acting like it was like this enormous cube of animal remnants that should not have been fossilized together. But it was kind of like it was somehow embedded in their DNA to go to the watering hole even long after the watering hole had dried up. The watering hole was no longer full of water, but people were still going there in case it was. Not people, yes. Because they knew. And then dying of their thirst on top of the other animal bones. (laughs) Like, it just was like the dumbest thing and it's sort of like we have always we've always laughed about 
every region in the world had a bad local flood. This is okay. I want somebody to do this. All right, just listeners. overlay the local flood. Yeah, if you could just go around and survey geologists and find out how was your local topography formed. Mm, there was major there was local, local flooding. Flood. <laughs> Our particular region, actually the entire Northwest, I think they say was a the Missoula flood. And but it was a big flood, but it was still a local flood. Just a local flood that's big enough to like, yeah, like make out out some massive canyons and so like. uh, uh, What I want somebody to do is go around and compile a sort of (laughs) overlay of local floods, (laughs) and pretty soon you might start to see. You might notice a pattern. Something close to a worldwide flood happened. (laughs) Like a lot of local floods at the same time. Shockingly, uh, it is really weird because happen. so we live in this area with all these beautiful rolling hills. But the rolling hills are we had fissure volcanoes, which is like volcanoes, like a grid of volcanoes that some local flooding caused the offsetting of all these fissure volcanoes right. that caused the groundwork of all of these beautiful hills, which then. There was also this little local flood. Like, really, nobody... Like, we've lived through floods, right? Like, there have been Mm. major flooding. But in times when there was major flooding, it was never like, guess what? We have a new canyon. (laughs) And volcanoes. Volcanoes everywhere. (laughs) Spontaneous volcanoes. And there's a new... Now we have the Snake River Canyon. And we had, like, the the Hell's Canyon and and Snake River, which is near here is an enormous canyon. Like, Hell's Canyon's deeper than the Grand Canyon, but it's narrower and has water at the bottom. But it is is not a wee thing that got produced. Anyways, that's just one of the things that's funny is that... I just want somebody to compile the local floods all Mm -hmm. onto one map. I just feel like it would be enlightening. Pretty sure there'd be some info there. (laughs) It would be enlightening. (laughs) Because anytime you fly, I mean, when you're in the plane and you're looking down at the landscape, it was obviously caused by water. Yeah, you're like, like, well, there was a major thing that happened there. Yeah, and you just remember, like, when you're a kid and you're playing with sand on the, you know, on the beach and you're dumping a bucket. You know, like, how it makes, like, little ripples and canyons and you can carve out gorges and Mm -hmm. make little hills. And then when you're somehow, when you're up above it, looking from the plane down, it's like you see that. It's like, yeah. it's as if there was a huge bucket of water that was poured out all over right here. one of those things right that ben, ben always says, it's almost as if a greater almost, power was at work. Almost as if God <laughs> was doing something. For a something. moment there, I started to think there might be a God. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Anyways, we the right suggest the dance. that you go see Ride in the Dance. It's beautiful. You totally should. It's not an argument for creation. It's a celebration of creation. Yeah, it, just, just, it just assumes it. And it's beautiful footage of animals. And, and it's fun to listen to a Christian biologist Enjoying talk it. about it. So, yeah, you should. We'll put up a link to the trailer for it. Right. They and, always say, I'm, I'm trying to pull this up now so I can see it because I love it. Um. It is. Whoops. It's not being handy of me. Hmm. I'm doing it wrong while I'm trying to Would find Would you like me to kind of like fill in with a little yeah, ad lib? Yeah, do a little, do a little, little okay. ad lib The greatest artist in the history of history is showing his work right now and forevermore. Yeah. Take a look. And then they have a, it's really, it's, it's really delightful. It's fun. And you can go like the Facebook page, Riot in the Dance. And they filmed all over the world. Like, they were in, yeah, they did. Sri Lanka and all over the States. Anyway, there's just some beautiful footage of animals and creation. It's, it's gorgeous. So everyone should definitely go see that. It's very fun. Yes, absolutely do. That's what we recommend. And we'll put up a trailer for it. Yes, we will. Anyway. So, so Becca, tips. Have tips, your tips. Tips. So, I was saying that I feel like Rachel should tell us, <laughs> if you were going to look at Etsy, or go to an estate sale, or a garage sale, or a thrift store, what would you be looking for? What is well, the, the reason, thing? The reason that I love garage sales and estate sales although I love those less but garage sales estate and, sales yeah yeah I don't like that as much because it's often a like reveal of sad endings it's often it's, it's often kind of like it's a bummer that 
nobody wanted this or that <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's just kind of not a I don't love those we had a friend who came when he came to NSA for for, for college a friend in Oregon gave him an old hearse that was, <laughs> and that was the vehicle that he had to get here I forgot and about it that. had a bumper sticker that said got Jesus like the got milk but got Jesus <laughs> so it was this old hearse with like dwindly curtains on the side of it like the curtain so it was like a ramshackle hearse and then and then he rolls into town and I remember this because it was so stunning there was an estate sale and I had gone to the estate sale and he came I guess looking for furniture or something but but he parked right in front of the house <laughs> it unsettled everyone quite a bit like what the hearse is here we shouldn't be here why am i shopping in the cupboards get me out of this place anyways so i don't like those as much but i like thrift stores and i like i like the the fun of shopping all times and all places at one time like you don't know you know like um so the things that really get me i resist i i love restaurant wear dishes but yeah. I try to resist the random bits and bobs right now because I actually just need the, mm-hmm. the you know, I have enough people. Yeah. Every night is nine people. I'm not going to do something with three little teacups or, no. you know, like I'm trying to stick with the bigger goals of dishes. I Can I just insert that I bought a set of like eight little dessert plates of a restaurant where that is to me like the ultimate platonic form of all dishes mm. and I can't find anything else all I have is like eight bread what plates what brand is it? I can't remember it was made in England it's a restaurant where like super yeah. durable vitreous china mm-hmm. it's got the f- most fabulous border around it this kind of aqua with this little it's like right. yours is forest green mine is like aqua and I can't can't find Hmm. The matching plates. So I found and a someday, lot of those old restaurant work companies use the same, some of the same designs. So like there were right. there were a lot of designs that came out similar. The one that I have a lot of plates of is the Shenango, Shenango, okay. green something or other. Yeah. But then I also have some Pyrex plates, like the the Pyrex with the blue grass is what it's called. It's a thick like teal border, mm-hmm. and there's some that's uh, yeah, those are cute. Red, those are cute. I like those, but I don't use them normally as the dinner table. They're a little smaller, and I don't have enough for all of us. So we have the Shenango. I love that. So I always look at the dishes. But I'm kind of avoiding, unless it's something I really needed, I don't just want to accumulate. Part of that is also the pottery thing, and we have a lot of pottery coming in the house all the time. But I love restaurant wear. I always look at fabric. I have a major soft spot for funky fabrics that you could not currently find. Yeah. This is because I love quilts, but I don't love quilts that look like you went and bought a line of fabric and made yeah. the quilt. Right. Uh, the the spirit of the quilt that I love is the quilt that was a byproduct of a busy life. Yeah. Like like this quilt happened because yeah. there was a whole lot of other stuff happening, which is mm-hmm. why this quilt happened. Yeah. And I always think that I want to attain that in quilting and I'm pretty sure that I'm losing that. Mm-hmm. The window is closing for right. me to be an excellent quilter, but doesn't keep me from buying sure. weird 70s and 80s prints. I have yeah. a large collection of funti- fungage, <laughs> funky vintage fabric that I buy. And okay. then, so there's that. And then the Tupper, I've already said that I love the Tupperware bowls. And we had a listener who sent me a green Tupperware I know. Bowl That's because awesome. we have the best listener, apparently. <laughs> but also, I had then my mother-in-law, who's a great, she's great at thrifting, and she's in the Chicago area, so she has a much bigger, bigger base scope. to look for. Yeah, she sent me two of the yellow ones for my birthday that oh, she'd found nice. around. And so now I have a stack of the, I, I could still use more, but it's a stack of those fix and mix bowls on uh-huh. top of my shelf in my kitchen. I have a stack of, because okay. I have a pink one and a blue one and then green and two yellows. And it's a very cute big stack of right. Tupperware bowls. And then, you know, that little yellow Tupperware colander um, that mom had that mom always with had? a handle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found one of those once and <laughs> snapped it up and then just 
the other day I found one in a really pale aqua that's bigger. Oh. Like a bigger Tupperware. So, so I don't you're go on for the, the Tupperware real, quest. Weirdly, I don't like the Tupperware that's like made to fit a ham or those sorts of Tupperwares. It's yeah. just the bowl that I like to use for bread mixing. And I do like the if I saw the old Tupperware measuring spoons that we used to have, I would buy those up. Mm, I have the kind of rounded edge rectangles. Those, yeah, ones? like yeah. the thick cloth. I want yeah. those. We had the green, and I would like some How of funny. those. But then I found a, um, I did find a measuring cup set of the okay. the ones like we used to have in green, also, but they're white. The ones I have. So I think we're catching that you. When you are looking in thrift stores, you are looking in different decades than I'm looking from. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that I... I think part of the reason I like it is I'm not just looking for one thing. It's yeah. just... I'm looking... Those are things that I always check for. Like, right. I always check, yeah. but I'm not... But I'm open to the spirit moving me on all manner of things. So, mm-hmm. like, furniture would not be that era, really, that I was in, like... I, you know, kind sure. of... Sure, it depends. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you go for? It's festive. Well, you know what? Honestly, I the only time I really started collecting stuff was when we were living in England. And it was English stuff. And now I can't get it. So that's a pain. (laughs) (laughs) So. So darn it. So a long time ago I used to collect. No, I started getting those stoneware, little stoneware crocs. And I they. They bless me a lot. So yeah, those are cute. I cute started buying um, Oxford Marmalade Crocs. And so I have a bunch of those. But then that kind of led to little hilarious potted meat uh-huh. stoneware mm-hmm. Crocs. So they're all kind of 19th century stoneware. And mm-hmm. I love the vintage, like the advertising. And I so I have some that say these outrageous things like potted meats, which is like... What is a potted meat? Uh-huh. That seems so dark. It might be smoked salmon for your next but souffle. But then one I don't ha- exactly, and mm-hmm. one that I don't have, but I always meant to grab one was bloater paste. Yeah, like, well, do you have what? gentleman's relish? I don't have gentleman's relish. I don't have gentleman's relish. I don't have bloater paste, but I have like potted hams and meats. Yeah, and those are cute. Ginger I, ginger beer. I don't or, collect anything that way so much. Like, I started collecting um, Dartmouth pottery when we were in England. The green Dartmouth pottery that was oh, yeah. gorgeous and I loved it. Um, but yeah, here I don't really have, other than my constant quest for more of that restaurant wear. But it's yeah, funny. I, I used mean, to I know collect the that printed tablecloths from Me too, the 50s. I have a stack of those. I, I still have some, but I got rid of a lot of them because... I was using them for fabric or for whatever, and then, but they're not the right size for no, the table I ever need. Like, they're always like barely not very square. Small. They're basically they're not quite square, and they're basically meant for a card table. But why are they not square? Is a problem I can never figure out because they yeah. apparently didn't think of putting a too small of a tablecloth on sideways to be diagonal in the middle. Then, yeah, because it never. But quite that works. was like the only way that I could use those. But they are very cute. I very love pretty. those printed tablecloths, especially because. That is a kind of cotton fabric that is very hard to come by right yeah. now. Like, it's a heavy, super durable, really soft, beautiful so cotton that, fabric. Do you remember the napkins we had as kids that were that, like, slinky cotton feeling with the little fringe? Oh, yeah. All different colors. Different colors. So I found some of those at a thrift store once. Oh, man. And when I found them, I was like, what? Nostalgia. Like, I bought them yeah. and I have them in my fabric. But then that has prompted me to think... I need to weave napkins. Oh my word! Look at you. Well, well see. Okay, don't look so at me. I'm happened, not doing it. This it's happened an idea. in the comments of our what have you Facebook posts. What did I was remembering that I duplicated the chicken fabric that was our great grandma's apron. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had this apron. You also sewed a doll bathrobe. <laughs> well, see, this is the problem: is that we had this apron and we had a whole bunch of my great grandma's aprons and some of them were very stylish cocktail aprons and this one was very homely it was kind of a farm wife apron not chic and it had little chickens all over it so whenever we played dress ups though it was not quite it it was just never quite so I wanted to cut it up and make it into, apparently, I don't remember this part. What was it? A bathroom for think, a stuffed animal? I wonder animal? if I have it. No, I think it was it. I think it's, 
I might still have it in my anyway, trunk. Anyway, it was... Might be. It was like a bathrobe. I talked mom into letting me cut it up, and she let me, because it was not the most It was chic. wearing now. Yeah, it was I think not the it most was, chic. I don't think it was... It's, then I forgot about that crime against humanity that I had committed. And then it was much later when I probably did that when I was like 11 or 12. And then when I was married it should be with said. children, I was at Rachel's house and I saw up in her scrap fabric bin, a corner of that fabric sticking out. And I was like, oh, it's that old apron. And she said, no, it's that one that you made a doll bathrobe out of. <laughs> I was like, What? And I pulled it out, and it was this little shard so did of fabric. I, did I give and you, you the doll bathrobe? you have... Well, no, it was just a little scrub of fabric, <laughs> so I took it home. Okay. And I totally copied it, like painstakingly copied this chicken fabric. And it is the cutest fabric. It is very fabric. cute. And I duplicated it, and I made it into an apron for my daughter for a birthday present when she was little. Because I was like, there's my atonement apron was my... I duplicated the fabric, but it is really hilarious fabric, and I feel like Super I need cute. to do something else. We with should it. clarify though that our great grandma, when you say that mom let you cut up our great grandma's apron, should also be said that there was so much that we had from our great grandma. Oh, yeah, we tons. had all of her old slips, which were an amazing Hats, amount. Gloves. Hats, gloves. There's her shoes are in the family. Fur coats. We had like fur coats and wool. Suits and dresses like and gowns. Piece. Yeah, like this was one rundown apron. This was it was a rundown apron, and it was far less chic than the rest of her stuff. Like the rest of yeah. her stuff would be like. Remember that we had like a very flapper bathrobe. It was like apricot silk with fringe, with multiple major tassels, but multiple the, layers. But of the fringe. problem with that one was that the silk had run the course of life and was ripping Man, into big. It was like a crepe. One. Like a crepe. Yeah, I loved that one. Anyway, yeah. so the apron didn't have kind of the glamour. <laughs> and so I cut it up and then later I regretted my actions and I duplicated it. Anyway, I it. should put, I should do something with that fabric. It is really a do it. groovy Why fabric. Why don't you get some printed and then we can do a chicken fabric Potholder pot holder giveaway. Pot holder giveaway. We'll do, we'll giveaway. do it. We'll do yeah. it. Guys, it's, we'll do it. We've committed ourselves now. <laughs> now we're going to have to run some sort of a raffle mm, for we'll the chicken fabric. I've thought that we should start doing giveaways because we, we have too many random things that we ought to give away. <laughs> uh, yeah. We probably were overdoing our time now. Probably. Because here we yep. are. Yeah, we yep. are. Well, we, we are. Go. So until next right. time, enjoy your Have fun, guys. life. Plant some seeds. Get some rashes. <laughs> Get a rash. Get a if rash. If you touch your, your bulbs of hyacinth, wear a glove. Do not then touch your own neck. Don't rub mangoes <laughs> on your face. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.